0: Integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Daniel Roney, and we are discussing all about arthritis. Like all of my interviews, this one was so fun, but I just love how articulate and eloquent Dr. Roney is. He does such a good job of explaining the root cause of what's going on here and how he really goes about trying to figure out what's going on. He really becomes the detective for his patients and looks at so many different angles of health. So in this interview, we talk about the conventional approach to treating arthritis, which is unfortunately lacking in many ways. And then we discuss how he would go about analyzing, treating, working with an arthritis patient, including some of the tests he would run, what some of the areas he's looking for, common supplements he recommends to patients to address some of the underlying causes, the anatomical and structural aspect of arthritis and how he works with patients to focus on their posture and structure and muscle strength to be able to, at the end of the day, hopefully reverse many, if not all, of the symptoms of arthritis. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Daniel Roney. If you find this episode informative and helpful, please consider sharing it with someone who you think could benefit from this information. And if you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. Not only does it help us grow as a podcast, it also helps others find the podcast easier and just help share this information with as many as possible. Well, Dr. Roni, welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: So today we are discussing arthritis, which is actually maybe more common than oh, yeah. people would like to think. But let's just start off with the basics because even someone who has arthritis, they may not even fully understand what's sure. happening within the body. So can you give us just a brief overview? What is it? What's going on?
1: Yeah, the basics, right? So, so if you look in the literature, the, the, they'll break arthritis down into things like inflammatory arthritis, which would be rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis, which is caused by an overactive immune response. That's an autoimmune condition where the immune system starts to attack your own joints, Mm -hmm. right? That's one aspect of it. Then they'll talk about osteoarthritis. And they talk about osteoarthritis with having less of a known cause or etiology. But what I will tell you, 30 years, even longer in the business, if you will, is that it's all inflammatory based Mm -hmm. right so inflammation would be at the root cause of why joints start to break down not only the bones uh, but the soft tissue which is they use the term cartilage Mm -hmm. Um, in the knee it could be meniscus which are the soft tissues it could be um, the fluid the synovial fluid it could be the um um, the joint capsule, right? All the soft tissue that could surround the joint could also become inflamed, and then the arthritis itself is the bone starts to have changes in it, and okay. it starts to wear out. Okay. To keep it simple, right? But again, the big thing that I'll that I'll convey is it's almost always an arthritic issue, combined with some other things, and we'll mm-hmm. get into that. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah. So can you give us some of the common symptoms? You touched on a couple there, but common symptoms for someone who has arthritis or yeah. someone who might think they have arthritis.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really stiffness, right? And pain. They're the, they're the main two where, you know, you're just like, gosh, I get up from a chair. Knees hurt. Ankles hurt. You know, hips might hurt. That's, that could be an early sign of arthritis. And then if it starts to get really bad where it hurts all the time, now you're probably in an advanced state of, of mm. arthritic changes or degenerative changes in the joint itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: And so is it also affecting range of motion? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: significantly. Because if the if the joint itself should have a certain amount of space in it and the space starts to lessen, mm-hmm. now we're going to have and there's that inflammatory response going on. The soft tissues start to shorten. Mm. Right? So there's a term that, that I use in the sports world called pliability. We want the tissues to be long, and when they're long, we create a good range of motion for the joint itself. When they start to get shorter and shorter and shorter, not only uh, do we lose range of motion because that soft tissue, ligaments, tendons, things like that get shorter, it's now the changes in the bone that's also creating that Mm -hmm. lack of movement in the joint Mm -hmm. so if as an example my shoulder joint if it's supposed to go way over my head and i can reach really high if that's arthritic and the and the soft tissues have shortened i may only be able to get it three quarters of the way up there Mm -hmm. right that that's a sign of either its inflammation and some damage and or the arthritic changes Mm -hmm. are starting
0: do you find that because when you say the symptoms you know stiffness Mm -hmm. soreness it's almost like that's kind of what we're trained to expect sure. in old age.
1: That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, it, 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 so great, great point. And that's why I love doing these because you know, it opens the door uh, for some really good answers. So what I've experienced throughout my career as a practitioner is pa- patients will come in and they'll say, well, my doctor says it's just, it's just normal aging. And I, I, I am quick to point out. And I think it's so important to understand that there is common and there is normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. What we see day in and day out, you know, joint pain and arthritis and things like that are common, but they're not normal. Mm -hmm. And so if we can at least, and that goes with a lot of chronic diseases and, and so forth, but if we can at least adhere to that concept, like, okay, it's not normal, it's not just age variant there's something that may be going on causing it. Mm-hmm. And then if I, if I, as a practitioner, can articulate, like in this podcast, where those causes come from, then we could either do some reversal to that damage mm-hmm. and or prevent it. I mean, prevention is always the easiest cure, but that's the big thing. It's common, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm.
0: So Is that, is that fair? Is that, yeah, yeah, no, and yeah. I think that's such a good way of putting it because exactly as you said, it really, I mean, there's just... This, these societal norms. That's Even exactly as a right. kid, you know, I'm in my mid 20s, and right. I already have friends saying, you know, oh, I want to have kids early because by the time you're 40, you're you're old and you can't move well and this and that. I'm like, no, right? Let's right. flip the the view of that. That's exactly we right. We can be vibrant and young mentally, physically, emotionally, no matter what age.
1: Ab- absolutely, and and there is a formula for that, right? Yeah. And and I use. Um, I always do this, but I'll use Tom Brady, right, the quarterback for, the, for the, now the Buccaneers. He's 44, right, he, he almost, probably almost could have won the MVP last year, uh, won the Super Bowl, plays at an extremely high level where no one else has really done it like that. Well, the formula is he puts in really good food to the body that is very anti-inflammatory. He takes anti-inflammatory supplements. His workouts are designed for lengthening of his Mm -hmm. tissues around every joint, which means he has very good range of motion and then power through those range of motions. And then he does recovery consistently. Now, he has the money. He has the time. I get it. I get it. But we can learn from that formula. So the point being, he's 44, literally playing like he's 25. Mm -hmm. That's not by accident. And that's the biggest thing I want to articulate, that that formula is now being followed by the best of the best in the sports world. But I'll even say personally, at I'll be 51 in May. I can do way more than I did at 25 because of that formula. Mm-hmm. So that's the formula we'll talk about. Yeah. Because arthritis is a byproduct of I'm eating bad foods that are inflammatory. My digestive system could be unhealthy, creating leaky gut and inflammatory proteins and cytokines constantly. I could have you know, these lifestyle type of issues that are leading to inflammation that will lead to early degenerative changes in my joints. Hmm. Right, that's yeah. the idea.
0: Yeah, so I want to, as always, we love to kind of compare and contrast conventional versus mm-hmm. integrative. Mm-hmm. So can we start quickly with, what does a conventional approach to yeah. arthritis look like? Yeah,
1: honestly, it's, it's very, I uh, hate to use this word, but it's very remedial, mm-hmm. it's, it's reactive, it's band aid. Okay, you have this arthritis, they see it either, you know, they do an exam, they, they determine that uh, your range of motion is limited, you have swelling in the joints, they do x-rays, and it's very easy and apparent to see arthritis, mm-hmm. arthritic changes on an x-ray, and then they go, okay, here's some medications. It's typically your Celebrex or your opioids, pain relievers. It could be your Advils, things like that, just to really manage the pain. Hmm, that, wow. That's generally the approach. Now, they could also say, well, let's do some physical therapy and things like that. And that's definitely a, a good idea. Um, but I like to think of it from an inside out approach mm-hmm. where we can start changing your metabolic function, changing how your cells are from an inflammatory standpoint and then we could start to change the joint itself. Mm-hmm, right? Is that? Yeah. So, absolutely. really, a band aid. And then we'll get into I think it's a good idea. We'll get into the, the pr- proactive,
0: yeah.
1: even reactive, that could help change this thing around dramatically yeah, for somebody. Yeah.
0: Well, and one of the things I wanted to point out too is let's, you know, we're talking about this idea inflammation is really a root cause to most illnesses. Absolutely. But particularly in this case with arthritis. And then you think about, painkillers, all these things, they're lowering our nutrient absorption, they're creating more inflammation. So they're masking the pain and actually contributing to the problem.
1: Uh, 100%. And that's, that's just the byproduct again of, you know, this, this concept of, hey, we'll throw this at it to help you feel better, which I get. And Mm -hmm. And I'm not opposed to that. If, but if it's the only plan, I'm definitely opposed yeah, to it, yeah. right? So we can bridge the gap with some pain relievers. We can do things. We know there's downside to that, which then sometimes leads to other magic medications that are needed to offset the negative effects mm-hmm. of that medication. So I'm okay with that being a bridge because some people come in and they have to function. And I respect that totally. But then if we could create a plan that can be put into place to then lower or get off the medications... Now we're we're doing the best of both worlds. Mm. And I think that's a great plan, arthritis or anything else, quite frankly.
0: And the patient gets their power back. That's right. I think right. that's one of the most, potentially one of the most debilitating things of many of these illnesses where conventional medicine says, sorry, you're just a victim of chance. That's right. That's right. Is, it's, it's
1: your normal. Yeah. It's normal. And everybody has this. Yeah. Right? The
0: will, the hope, the excitement, the joy of life kind of fades because yeah. it's just shadowed by this. I was an unlucky victim to this thing.
1: That's exactly right. And and that's a podcast like this or, or us. I use the term information, right? We constantly want to give information or ed- educating, you know, the masses on this concept of common and normal and then, OK, well, what is the plan? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to change this thing? And there is um, very proven, significantly proven uh, formulas that can change this outcome. Right. And even reverse some of it, which is, you know, people will say that's that's not true, but I'll I'll go into some concepts that absolutely um, can can help change this uh, mm-hmm. for the better.
0: Yeah. So let's dive into it now. Yeah. First, I'll ask you a kind of a loaded question, but is yeah. arthritis reversible?
1: Yes, uh, to maybe not. It depends on like everything, right? There's there's caveats and there's uh, variables to it. But a lot of times. Um, there's there's positive changes that could can be made. So I'll get into a, a kind of a, a different uh, angle to this thing. Okay. When we have, let's talk physically, right? So we'll get away from the internal and the metabolic and we'll talk physically. There's a, there's a law in science, it's called Wolf's Law. Bone will remodel to stress. So if I have good stress and good loading mm-hmm. stress physically on my joints and my body, I'll use the spine as an example, then, and the spine, just think of it, if you look at the spine from the side, it's an S shape. That S shape is designed to dissipate forces. So mm-hmm. we get into some physics principles, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's like an accordion. It's going to dissipate forces really well. If you look at a suspension bridge, right, it has the curves in it. Mm-hmm. It's designed to dissipate forces evenly throughout the structure, right? So physics right there so if the spine changes because of you know bad posture over time we have gravity working on us constantly we're at desks consistently we're looking down consistently so hypothetically if the muscles and ligaments change in a way that allow the the neck vertebrae that should be in a, uh, a curved position to straighten mm-hmm. as an example now i have more compressive load going through the joints And if you think about bricks on top of each other the lowest part of that you know so the cervical spine has or the neck has seven vertebrae so if they're straight instead of curved the lower the vertebrae the more compressive load Hmm. so where do we see the most damage in the neck c6 c7 (laughs) C7, c5 c6 the lowest part Hmm. of that of that area so with that if i have Good, normal loading stress throughout my spine. And if you think of the neck as a curve and I put pressure on it, it easily, it easily dissipates the force. If it's straight, it's going to be a lot of compressive load, Mm -hmm. right? Now think of it straight and my head's forward an inch. Now the base of the neck is where a lot of the loading stress comes in. It's a very predictable area of arthritic changes because bone is now remodeling to that stress. And we're laying down, they'll use the term osteoblast, where osteoblasts are bone builders, right? I have more osteoblastic activity in areas of higher stress. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not only dealing with an infl- potential inflammatory issue from a metabolic system, I'm now dealing with abnormal loading stress to the joint that then will cause early wear and tear, mm-hmm. just like a tire that's a car out of alignment. The tire's going to wear somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's wherever the most stress is. Now if we keep the alignment and we rotate the tires, they wear evenly. Mm-hmm. So and we
0: stretch and loosen it up and I- all the things. Exactly yeah.
1: right. So the so our structure will definitely dictate areas of abnormal stress that could create early wear and tear mm-hmm. as well.
0: Got it. So it's they kind of work hand in hand they do. where if you have some of these predisposing I'll call them hot spots yep. where it yep. could where arthritis really could target, where the bones can start to shift because of stress, and you have high, high inflammatory load, I'll call it. Yep. The recipe for arthritis. A
1: recipe for arthritis. So if we're looking at this thing, you know, my background, sports medicine, Cairo, rehab, right? Structure dictates function mentality. Because in the athletic world, we're always looking for, okay, if a knee broke down, why did it break down? Mm-hmm. Was it was it a structural issue? Was it a soft tissue issue? Was it, you know, overtraining one muscle group versus another? We're kind of looking at it cause versus effect. So you have one aspect there. And then in the functional medicine world, we're looking internally. So we're not just, we're not looking at this in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. We're looking when somebody comes in with arthritis, and I'll give you, a, you know, a quick example. Yesterday, I had a patient, 65 years old. We're going through her history. She has some gut issues that she wants to get better. She's just not feeling great. All of a sudden, you know, throughout her history, she's telling me she's had two knee replacements, uh, maybe has to have a hip replacement, goes to physical therapy for, the, for her neck, because of arthritis in her neck and degenerative changes. Well, right away, that's a long history without question of an inflammatory mm-hmm. response. Yes, there could have been injuries. Yes, there could have been you know some other factors. But right away, my red flag goes up, wow, this, this person has been inflamed for a long time. Because you don't get that much breakdown just randomly. Mm-hmm. You know, so so again, we have to go back to, all right, let's look at our structure. Let's look at the function and let's marry those two together with a very integrative approach. Now we don't leave any rock unturned. That's to answer your question initially. That's how you can change some of this, mm-hmm. right? But, but it won't change by just giving a medication. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it but there has to be a plan in place that looks at all the aspects of why this thing occurred, and then we can back out of there Mm -hmm. and change some things.
0: Yeah, and I'm so curious to dive into it because so often when we're talking about addressing these issues, it is just about the physiological versus the anatomical. That's right. The bones, and so with arthritis, it sounds like there really is, there's a lot of internal cleanup to do in terms of diet and lifestyle, but there's also, Things like physical therapy, posture changes, very anatomical changes yeah. that need to be made too.
1: Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely.
0: So where do you start though? When you have a patient come in who has arthritis, yeah. they're actively wanting to improve it. Where yep. do you even begin?
1: I, I start metabolically. Okay. Because if I have them do some physical work, it could actually hurt them more. Mm-hmm. So I have to I have to uh, individually assess the patient as to where they are and then what I think they can handle. And a lot of times, you know, this approach is is so integrative and there's so many steps potentially to it, we can't overload the patient mm-hmm. either. So I'm big on, let's look at internally and start changing that internal environment. That's going to help you short term and long term. So we I look at their diet for sure. So most of the time they have an inflammatory diet where they're taking in gluten and soy and dairy and and you know a lot of these inflammatory foods a, a lot of high sugar a lot of processed mm-hmm. foods et cetera. so right away i have to explain to them that these, these foods are creating what they call inflammatory cytokines. So this is a big word, you know, uh, the inflammatory cytokines, things like interleukin B, uh, 1B, uh, tissue necrosing factor, um, nuclear factor K-beta, COX-2. These are all big in, in, the, in the world of arthritis or, or inflammation. Well, foods can create that and that and we eat a lot right mm-hmm. and 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 often so that's the one area that I'll I'll make changes right away the second area is I'll assess their digestive system because their their gut is 80% of their immune barrier and typically most people that have this in high inflammatory response their digestive system is involved somehow there's there's this term leaky gut mm-hmm. right I know this is a, a, like kind of off topic but we get you know, it, permeability, we get poor uh, microbiome, we have this term called dysbiosis. All of a sudden, we're eating poorly, we're not processing the foods, they're being inflammatory, and we're setting up a systemic elevation of these inflammatory proteins or cytokines. Mm-hmm. Which, again, say I have an area, hypothetically, that I injured 10 years ago. It's already going to be hypersensitive because of the way it heals. Um, not to get too nerdy, but there's a huge term for Scrabble you can use called de-innervation <laughs> <super sensitivity>, right? <laughs> if, if I have an injury, more nerves innervate the area and they're up to a thousand times more sensitive. Mm. So you're already going to have a lower threshold in that area. If I add inflammation to it, it's, mm. it's just over the top. So I'll tell people with you know, spines especially, I'll let them know, like, look, you could already have this issue, but if you're inflamed, it's just exacerbating it significantly. So let's work internally on the inflammation and get that down. So foods are a big one. And then I start with the gut. But I have to also assess these other fuels to the fire mm-hmm. what if they have chronic infections what if they have infections in the gut what if they have you know again poor gut health or heavy metal ex- exposure or non-metal toxins overload or mold exposure or hormonal imbalances or blood sugar elevations mm-hmm. all these different things and there are more will create more fuel to their inflammatory mm-hmm. fire so that's a whole other gets into a yeah. kind of a Pandora's box.
0: Well, and you as the, the, the detective really right. are asking and trying to figure out where is the bulk of this patient's inflammation? That's Exactly coming right. From.
1: That's exactly right. So I have forms that that ask the patient about their gut, ask about liver function, gallbladder, uh, blood sugar, up and down, high and low, Adrenals, hormones, thyroid. I mean, we get into a lot of different areas Now, if you have a patient that comes in and, and hypothetically is very sensitive to things and um, you know, can't tolerate much food and can't tolerate um, smells and can't tolerate their inflammation is, is up because they've lost threshold, mm. so, which means any little thing can trigger their inflammatory response. That's one that I might have to go in great detail to figure this out, but I will still start with change in the diet if they haven't already, and I will start with the gut because it's 80% of the immune barrier. Mm-hmm. Usually with those two changes, and I'll get into some supplements as well, and getting them on anti-inflammatory supplements, we can start changing that narrative from inside out mm-hmm. to start. They start feeling better, right? Because there, there is a, a threshold of pain, meaning I could have have degenerative changes, but if I'm low on inflammation they don't hurt as bad, uh-huh. right? So so, so we could probably lessen the arthritic pain significantly by doing a few things with the inflammatory response, mm-hmm. starting with food and gut and anti-inflammatory supplements. Mm-hmm. That would be the first step.
0: Okay. Uh, and yeah. then just because I know the listeners are going to be curious, how do you test for something like gut health?
1: Yeah, so um, first and foremost, it's what they're, the subjective you know feedback. So if they're saying, look, I get gas, I get bloating, I'm sensitive to certain foods, I know I get a response, etc. there that we know there's probably dysbiosis, leaky gut, things like that. So I may it, depending, you know, doing this so many years, the the testing, I know what it's going to say, mm-hmm. you know, so I, we could test for leaky gut. There's a lab called Cyrex Labs that will test for leaky gut. We could test for food sensitivities, and, and that gets into a little bit of, uh, you know, Cyrex as an example, I love their lab because they'll test the acute response to foods, right, and they'll test the chronic response. So, sometimes foods don't create a response up to 72 hours later. Mm-hmm. That's an IgG response. and raw foods versus cooked foods right so raw foods most people don't respond to that much but when you cook it you change the protein you change the enzyme levels and all of a sudden like eggs well you might not respond to raw eggs but cooked eggs you have you know roughly they say four or five percent respond to raw eggs about 60 percent respond to cooked eggs Hmm. so the 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 lab like cyrex will do that kind of testing for the person so we can determine okay raw eggs you're good cooked eggs you're not Raw this, you're good. This, or you're not. Wow. So, so we can get into some nitty gritty with the food sensitivity testing and uh, leaky gut, and then the other one that I do a lot is a stool ecology. Okay. So, I'll, GI Map does one. Genova does one. There's a couple really good ones out there that will test for all your parasites, your pathogens, viruses, bacteria, uh, worms, things like that, as well as good bacteria versus bad. They'll get into your uh, immune system of your gut and check those things and so forth. So that one I te- I run a lot mm-hmm. to give me an idea of where is this gut and how does it look? Mm-hmm. And what exactly does it need from a uh, probiotic standpoint? We can get specific on the probiotics that we can give based on a test like that. Mm-hmm. So do I always run them? No. I might start with, look, change your diet. Let's, let's address your enzymes. Let's address your address your probiotics generally and let's address your leaky gut Mm -hmm. and let's see how your body responds. If it responds really, really well, I don't go the next step. If it doesn't respond real well, then I'll get into the testing. Mm -hmm. But then I have that conversation with the patient too. And depending on what they're Uh, what they're telling me. Mm -hmm. I might do it right off the bat. I might wait. It just depends on the person.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of the common supplements you might recommend just to bring inflammation down. I know it can be so customized and I'm sure with every patient, it's a little different.
1: I have a general five that I use, right? I go curcumin or turmeric, about 1500 to 2000 milligrams a day of that. I have resveratrol, about 250 milligrams of that. I'll use vitamin D for sure with everybody. At least 5,000 IU's a day, but I will test their vitamin D levels. If somebody has a high inflammatory response, they're almost always low on vitamin D mm-hmm. because D is used to regulate your immune system. So if it's overworking, you're using every bit of your D to try to regulate mm-hmm. it. So most people are low in that regard. They might think, oh, I'm not out in the sun as much or I'm not doing this. You could take in as much sun as you want or but if you're If you're having this inflammatory response, D is going to be affected, Mm -hmm. as is something called glutathione. So glutathione is the body's most powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. And it is typically in the pathways, it's it's used to kind of calm down these inflammatory cytokines that Mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier. So that's another one that most people are going to be low on when they're fighting a chronic inflammatory response. So we'll do those four and then omega-3s. So, I'll, I'll get somebody on anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 milligrams a day of good omega-3s with a one-to-one ratio of EPA and DHA. And that's proven to be the most anti-inflammatory. Mm, okay. So, there's some specificity there. But those five are my go-tos. They're the ones that if somebody calls, if a friend calls me, says, of all the things I should take, what should I take? And I tell them anything related to lowering your inflammation because the fuels... If we think about the fuels to that fire they're everywhere Mm -hmm. it's our foods it's our environment it's i mean you just can name you know fuels for inflammation everywhere and we're exposed to it chronically Mm -hmm. so the number the number uh one thing that i have patients work on or friends or whatever is inflammation Mm -hmm. with those five being the catalyst okay
0: yeah that's fantastic and i'll make sure that they're all linked in the show notes yeah and
1: there's others but that's a good start Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah so we've looked at the gut we've ad- we're starting to address the inflammation mm-hmm. what would be the next step from here are you now going to start addressing the, the fuel anatomical okay the yeah fuels.
1: so I'll, I'll get in and, and we'll like you said we'll we'll change diets we'll look at the gut health if i need to get into some of those other fuels that i mentioned for instance if somebody is uh stressed Right. There's a lot of stress in that initial exam that I could I could pull because a, a good clinician is going to ask all these questions. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're pulling that data and then putting out the highest priority fires first. Mm-hmm. And so I could address stress and adrenal glands. I could address hormonal imbalances. The one thing that I will tell you, uh, women versus men, autoimmunity. Right. So autoimmune conditions are on an epidemic rise because of the fuels and the fire and so forth. And um one of the things that is is pretty interesting is women dominate the autoimmune world. typically a lot of a lot of the research says about two-thirds of all autoimmune conditions affect women. I personally think part of that is the hormonal imbalances. Oh. so hormonal imbalances create a lot of these inflammatory cytokines. so, we, wanna, we want to look at that as a high priority as well. Mm-hmm. So I tend to do a lot of, I'll test the hormones, I'll test the thyroid, I'll test for autoimmune conditions, I'll test for, um, uh, let's see, some of the adrenals and, and, and uh, blood sugar, insulin, things like that. Some of these endocrine disorders, if you will, that can be heavily implicated in the inflammatory response. Mm-hmm. So I'll look through those and find the priorities and start there. And then once I get that kind of calm, and they feel a little bit better, I'll start looking at their physical um, structure, posture. I look at their joints. I look at how their hips are loaded. I'll even go down from the floor up and look at their ankles because the feet and the ankles really are where the rubber meets the road. Mm. So if we have you know a loss of foot arch, for say, on one side versus another or both, well, I'm gonna internally on that instep of the ankle, I'm gonna start weighting that a little bit differently. It's gonna up the kinetic chain It's going to change the way my knees are loaded, my hips are loaded, my spines loaded, etc. So I have to, we kind of have to assess and look for major um, deviations from norm and start working on those as best we can as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the physical part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. And so do you, because... So much of what you do here is as a functional medicine doctor. I think sometimes we forget that you're actually a chiropractor yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And so does uh, it. Sometimes I do too. Like <laughs> I, I, I love
1: the uh, biochemistry of fixing the body from yeah. the inside out. But I will tell you, coming back to just basic fundamentals, structure is always going to dictate functions. Mm. So I do get heavy into it with my athletes because I'm trying to do injury prevention with mm-hmm. them as well. But I sometimes with the with a person. You know, the structure plays second fiddle sometimes and I have to remind myself, oh, my gosh, this is such an important factor. The tough part is that with me, if they're working on their internal environment, working on their external environment, there's a lot of work that I put on the patient. Mm -hmm. But if they're willing and, and wanting to make changes and I articulate it in a way that they go, man, that makes perfect sense. They tend to do it. Yeah, It's just there's a lot on the patient. It's more of a, a an active participation than if you take Celebrex, you just take Celebrex. It's very passive. Yep. So we're getting into the nitty gritty and expecting the patient to do a lot of the work. But I personally try to explain it just like i'm explaining it right now so it's relevant to them where they go well that makes sense Mm -hmm. instead of somebody just telling them to do something Mm -hmm. i want them to understand the why's and it makes it more i think relevant for them
0: yeah Yeah. and i think that's what makes all the difference and even just having a practitioner who's willing to give you that time Mm -hmm. the time to explain the why and ask all the questions and be a detective is i mean Every day, our patients are stunned right. that they get as much time as they do. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I think it's I think it's super important to understand you know the the difference in the two models, right? Conventionally, I get it. There's a need, uh, but it's really just scratching the surface. Like, okay, you have this problem, take this. Well, on this side, it's like, well, you have this problem. Let's figure out why you have the problem. And if we can, and let's start unraveling, you know, the layers of the onion, so to speak, so we can make those changes. So going back again to the initial, can this be reversed or changed? Well, if we get the inflammation low in the body, which is I mean, we do it every day, so we know we can do that. If we make some structural changes, now inflammation's low and loading stress is much better throughout the kinetic chain or the musculoskeletal system. Now, if we take that stress off, going back to that Wolf's Law, Mm -hmm. bone remodels to stress, and again, I'll use the neck because it's an easy example. If I can get their shoulders back and their head back over center and reestablish some of that curve uh, by changing the muscles and the ligaments, now they're going to load their neck better, right? So they're not going to have the tire analogy where there's a misalignment and more, more stress on a certain area wearing that area down. Mm-hmm. So if I can change that, plus get the inflammation low, there's probably not a better approach, in my opinion, out there to change that outcome. Mm-hmm. So if we take the stress away, then the osteoblastic activity can slow down mm-hmm. and actually start to remodel in the right way. So inflammation low, remodeling the right way, I've seen it, we, we've seen it on x-rays, the changes that could be made from that.
0: So now making those sort of anatomical changes, is that just awareness to hold your head back, et cetera? Or are you also giving them certain exercises to try and reinforce? Yeah,
1: your questions are like, they're so good because <laughs> it, 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 it there, these are uh, questions or answers that are super relevant. So. If you think of this concept, if I had uh, a puppet and it's on a string, right? Think of the movement of the puppet. It only moves in accordance to if I'm moving the strings. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, think of your spine the same way. Vertebrae only move in the right position or a wrong position based on what's attached to them. Mm -hmm. So ligaments Mm -hmm. and muscles, right? So hypothetically, if I do have a forward head carriage, and knowing that 1 inch of forward head carriage and and if the audience can visualize my ears over my shoulders that's a normal alignment but if you start to go forward 1 inch from that center of gravity it's 10 to 15 times the amount of loading stress on your spine wow that's on significant on the vertebrae yeah so and it's it's you think if i have a bowling ball and i can hold it close to my body i could probably hold that stress free for a long time. Mm. If I go 1 inch ahead, I have to use more energy from the muscles to hold that up. They're going to wear out. Mm. The joints are going to wear out. So with that, if I want to pull the head back over center of gravity, I have to change the muscles. I have to I have to either lengthen some muscles or shorten some muscles. So what I tell the patients, we need to stretch the front chest neck muscles, stretch those and strengthen the posterior chain, right? Mm. We have to strengthen the muscles. <clears throat> excuse me, that insert from the back of the skull down to your uh, shoulder joint, right? If they are weak, they're going to elongate, which is going to allow my head to go forward. Mm-hmm. If they're strong and, and, and healthy, I'm going to keep that origin and insertion closer together, which is going to keep my ears over center of gravity. So we, to keep it simple, in order to make structural changes to the spine, we have to change the muscles and the ligaments that are attached to them, that strengthening, stretching, you know, um, sometimes we'll have patients because of the ligaments need to change, just like braces, there's a force over time. So if I have somebody lay with their neck in a good curved position mm. with a little bit of tension there, that could help retrain the ligaments if we retrain the ligaments gonna pull the vertebrae back to where they're supposed to be yeah so so that's a whole concept of what they call structural correction that the adjustment of chiropractic adjustment or manipulation really can't achieve but what it will achieve it's known to be a pain reliever Mm. for sure and create better movement through the joints both are really really helpful with somebody with arthritis but really to make those structural changes long term it's going to be changing the muscles and the ligaments thereby pulling the vertebrae back into their normal position i know that's a lot no
0: i think it's fascinating and it's so fun for me because we so rarely talk about structural Mm -hmm. on here and it's making me want to do a lot more podcasts for athletes (laughs) (laughs) and things like that to start talking about it
1: well when you start looking at you know getting into athletes and structure and and function and things like that and injuries and, you know, going back to the Tom Brady effect, you know, a lot of athletes, um, old school thought is, okay, I'm going to do a bunch of squats where they're up and down, you know, 400 pounds on dead that lifts. squat. Yeah, deadlifts. I love them, but there's a, there's, a, there's a place for them because we want to get that strength. But I would rather work most of the week with an athlete on making sure their structure's good, but also making sure they're pliable. Right, So where their tissues through their knees, through their ankles, through their hips are elongated, which means if they take a hit, they can be bouncy Mm -hmm. instead of stiff. If you just work in one plane up and down, that's not sports. Sports is multiplanar. So there's functional movements that we want to recreate. I love plyometric training, jump training mm-hmm. in multi, uh, in multiplanes. planes. I love my deads and squats and power cleans and things like that. I know we're off topic a little bit, but, <laughs> but I, I have a place for those in the, in my workout. And then, uh, and especially for my athletes and elongating the tissues, yeah. but that's no different than somebody that I work with. That's you know 60 years old what can I do okay I want you to start thinking elongation I want you to think pliability and flexibility and mobility Mm -hmm. motion right is life when I talk about motion it's not just walking and, and such it's motion throughout your joints When they have better pliability, better flexibility, better mobility, they feed the brain more. Mm -hmm. So there's mechanoreceptors in your joints that feed the brain, especially your cerebellum, which is your posture, coordination, um, balance centers, right? And that gets weak over time. So think about it. If we stop moving and we're less pliable, think of as we age, right? That's the normal picture. Mm -hmm. We just get like shorter. We get hunched over. That's just gravity winning the battle without understanding (laughs) how to uh how to keep elongation pliability mobility and things like that so again there's a formula for all this anti-inflammatory good healthy movements pliability good recovery it's just if if we can teach that from a very early age right and people can learn that that they have the power to your point it there is a formula that works extremely well i use that uh, Jack Lalanne. A lot of audience might remember Jack Lalanne. I think he lived mid to high 90s, but extremely functional almost every one of those years into his 90s. Mm. He's doing workouts like crazy yeah. into his 90s. That's normal. Yeah, yeah. that's normal. <laughs> what we see day to day is abnormal. We just failed to understand. And I don't. I don't put it on the on the on the people because we're not doing a great job as a society training that yeah and we're not training it because the the big pharma is a, is a multi you know billion trillion dollar industry they don't want people healthy mm-hmm. i hate to say it but they don't yeah. it's just count it's counter you know pr- productive for their bottom line yeah so we need to start teaching this at an early age and getting structure and function and anti-inflammatory and the way you're able to control your own health throughout your entire life. It's just awareness. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. And it gets me so excited, especially the athlete in me is like, oh yeah, let's talk about exercise. I know, I I get carried away a little bit too. We'll have to do another episode on that.
1: But using that formula, even though I understand, you know, people might be thinking, well, geez, I'm not an athlete, but the formula is the same. We just might not go, you know, a hundred miles an hour, like they do with their training, we can go 25 and still win. Yeah, You know, we can do these things that the formula dictates the, the predictable outcomes. We can do those things and still have a very healthy, productive, quality filled life without thinking, well, it's just age. Yeah, That's the one thing I just, I want to make sure you get away from that concept of, well, I'm just getting older. Mm -hmm. No.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Well, Dr. Roney, thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Anytime, anytime.